This is Classic Business with Michael Avery on Classic 1027 in Gauteng and Fine Music Radio in Cape Town. It's Friday, that means it's time for your view from the C-suite in partnership with Eltron, bringing you closer to the business leaders around the boardroom table, be they CEOs or CIOs or CFOs or chairs, and what makes them tick and keeps them up at night and uh, gets them out of bed every morning and drives them to excel. Well, my next guest has been CEO of various uh, enterprises, Sunlum Employee Benefits, but in his current role uh, as CEO of the country's largest pension funds administrator, the challenges and the opportunities, I think, are of an altogether different nature. Darvi de Villiers, CEO of Alex Forbes, is in studio. Darvi, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Now, you're an actuary by training, Darvi, and there's the old joke, how do you spot the actuary? <laughs> They're the ones staring at your shoes when you introduce them. But uh, I just want to find out a little bit more about what drove you from a young age. You attended Hottentots Holland High, then Stellenbosch University. Yes. Where did your interest in business first spark? I've always been very competitive from an early age. Probably one of my good traits, but also something that I must watch. I wasn't always that interested in business, funnily enough. I was more interested in people. And um, actually, my initial calling was uh, for myself, I was to teach school kids and maths. So it was interesting how that changed as I went to university, started interacting with people and then got very excited about business. But quite clearly the, the maths element was there from a very young age. Uh, so had you become an actuary, what else do you do? Did <laughs> yeah. you have any teachers in the family? Yeah, so I think that was probably the catalyst. My father is a math teacher. Oh. He was a math teacher. So I think that helped. I understood maths quite easily from an early stage and, and um, in the actuarial um, direction, I mean, I, I thought let's rather do something that I understand than try and do something that I don't understand. Well, it almost answers my next question. Are you more of a hunter or a gatherer? I think with that competitive streak, you're probably more of the, the former than the latter. Definitely, definitely more of a hunter and um, um, yeah, I, I like, to, like to be out there. Now, the culture inside Sunlum, from the top, it's always been a business that has been renowned for excellent capital allocation. What are some of the business principles that most shaped and formed your approach while at Sunlum? Because you spent a large chunk of your career. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was basically schooled in Sunlum in, in various areas. And the thing that excited me about my journey throughout Sunlum, Sunlum also went through a massive change over this period from being a mutual to being a listed company. And also various um, had to adapt over time with, with the changes in South Africa. But the thing that stood out for me, and I'd like to talk about the capital a little bit more, but is more so than even the capital allocation is, is governance. Mm. Uh, risk management. I firmly believe, and it's probably a little bit of the actuarial training as well, but I firmly believe that you can only grow a business and grow it successfully and sustainably if you have a nice base, if the base is solid and, and the governance and the processes and the compliance around it is, is solid, because then you can operate, then you know you can calculate the risk that you take and you know what the return is going to be on the risk and then you can go for it and you understand what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just basically shooting from the hip. And I think that was ingrained in me throughout Sunlum. A very good lesson to learn. And, and speaking of governance, I want to zoom out a little bit here and get your take on the decline in corporate governance yes, in South yes. Africa in particular. We've seen so many horror stories, Tongat, Steinhoff, EOH, uh, questions being raised about the failure of the audit mechanism and where we might see some inherent uh, conflicts of interest. Some say it's a result of the decaying sort of moral fabric of South Africa over the last 10 years. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think it's very concerning. I think it's very concerning for business, but 
also for the average investor. Remember, the average investor through, for instance, their pension funds or the unit trusts um, are dependent on companies doing the right thing and growing sustainably. And these occasions or these happenings makes it very difficult for those investors to actually believe in the system and believe in growth. We know there's much more to it, but I mean, that in essence hurts the general investor. I think in it is also a massive opportunity and I'm kind of an optimist. So I think it's it's great for businesses that actually wants to build a sustainable business, that mm. actually wants to do it in a very well governanced environment that can flourish in an environment where that is present. And my view is we're also quite a big investment business. My view is that in the future, investors' money is going to go to places where they can trust, where there's reliable, where there's management that, uh, that follows governance processes, where the whole system is is that as boring as that is as exciting is it that there's a new kind of dimension coming to running a business and I, and I think that's great well I might be a bit of a an, an actuarial geek as well because I think <laughs> it's very exciting actually and you just see what's happening in the ESG space talking about pensions okay. uh, we had Rosemary Hunter um, author um, and deliver a very interesting statement about the fiduciary duties of trustees not just to current mm-hmm. members but to future members and so therefore ask questions about sustainability and and governance and all of these things that can trip up companies in the future. 100%. And again, that is exciting from moving from a tick box exercise, an exercise where it was one of those things that you had to kind of mention in your annual report, you kind of had to do, to being a practical living thing that you do every day and that you strive to do and that you can actually demonstrate that you do. And I think that's exciting because that gives investors comfort and that's actually what it's about. Now, within the employee benefit space, which is uh, where you really honed your your skills, the industry has changed so much from the old defined benefit days to defined contribution funds. You used to work for a company, get a gold watch and a pension guaranteed (laughs) for life. Then along came the DC model and upended all of that. It was really each one for themselves almost. And if you look at it, I mean, Darby, the industry itself seems a little broken to me. We've made uh, measly progress. I think 5% of South Africans back in 1977 retired with enough. That number, according to Alex Forbes now, is at 6%. It's really, really bad. Now, it's for a range of different reasons. People are not preserving. They're not saving enough. Times are tough. What is the industry doing to change this, to try and improve a very dismal outcome? Now, that's a very wide question, and I hope you have a few hours. But in essence, everything you say is 100% true. The shock to the system from a, a DB environment where it's very safe, depending on how safe your employer is, um, to an environment where it's all your own risk. I think that shock to the wider system, but mostly to individuals in terms of understanding that risk that is actually now fully onto them. It's your Mm. own bank account. It's your own outcome. And by the way, if it doesn't go well, you're in trouble. I mean, that's shock. And us as individuals don't look far enough forward. It's a personal thing. It's a trait that we have. We'd rather buy the Gucci handbag and the new shoes than actually think about 20 years hence. And therefore, it only reaches you when you get to retirement. Look, I think we as an industry... What we have done is we've done a lot of things to help members to get there to understand, but it hasn't been successful. Mm. There's been a lot mm. of things that's happened, new products, new regulation, mm. the regulator, us, all of those things are very much default products. Everything uh, is great. Granted, it's not through a lack of effort and trying.
trying, and we but currently we have the system under, and, and, but it isn't working. It exactly, isn't working. the outcomes are, are quite clear. So the test for all of us, and for me as a business, and especially Alexander Forbes leading this industry, is to change what we're doing because you can't continue doing the same thing and wishing for another result. Definition and of madness. I, exactly, and I and I think the answer lies in I don't have the I don't have the product or the answer, but I think the answer lies in getting more information, credible information to members and not in the form of you must pay me an advice fee, in the form of getting credible information that members can make credible choices on through them at an early stage in their life. That is so refreshing to hear. It's one thing we tend to bang on about on the show is member education. If you truly want to change the industry, I don't think there's any other solution. There's no golden, there's no silver bullet, there's no panacea. But empowering the end user, the customer, the, yeah. the person who's got to make those decisions has to be the way we go about doing it. And you say, not an advice uh, fee-led model. So how would that model work? Then? So I think we in the employee benefit space have at least a portion of the South Africans being employed. And those employed em- people belong to a scheme. And it is actually so simple that we should talk to all those at least employed. And we should talk to those we're doing the admin for. We have access to their HR. And just help them on the journey whilst they're saving, whilst they're leaving a job, whilst they're being retrenched, whilst they're kind of joining a a company. So just do that with much more enthusiasm, with much more rigor and and better. And at least then you get to that. And then we'll roll it out to the rest. The nice thing about this, the thing that excites me about this, is this is not just uh, the wealthy that you talk to because Mm. our Mm. whole population are employed. The whole LSM range of our population are employed. So we can actually get information and thought-provoking kind of data to the whole uh, South African population. And then you're really talking transformation uh, at a very broad scale. Now, speaking of transformation, you're here to transform Alexander Forbes. Uh, You joined after the the shock exit of uh, former CEO Andrew Darfur. Some in the market suspected you were a Belleville boy sent to lay the groundwork. (laughs) work for a closer relationship between Forbes and Ark and Sunlum. Do you think you've fully dispelled that rumor now that you've run a successful auction, fair, transparent, and you've offloaded the short-term business to one of Sunlum's competitors in uh, an open process? An open process. Look, I, I mean, I think the market must decide how they rate me and how they see me. Me more, more importantly, it's important that my staff believe that I'm, I'm looking after them and my clients. But what I can say is this was an excellent process, um, really good for us. And uh, funnily enough, the outcome for us was good. But funnily enough, all the people in the process commended us on the process. And that's the ultimate test is mm. the competitors said, thank you for running a fair process. We felt that, uh, that we were looked after through the process. And ultimately, if you do that, we come back to governance and doing right processes, doing the right thing. Finally, if you do that, everybody wins. The buyer won, the seller wins. But more importantly, the clients and the staff also win. And that was, that was really gratifying as, as one of the early things that I did and that we did as, as the new Alexander Forbes. As a CEO, how involved are you? in those processes in mergers and acquisitions and Alex Forbes has some history with private equity and the question marks around whether it was actually good or bad for the business. But what is your approach to M&A? You've now got a two billion rand war chest. 
I'm very involved because it's it's a major part of our strategy and it's a major part of what we uh, want to get right. I also believe that um, with diligence you must do you must do you must get every little bit of what you do right. You you can't just have one element of 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 the job right. But I must say, I mean, we've got an excellent deal team. The CFO um, Bruce Biderwell was 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 excellent in in doing the day to day stuff and handling the process. But certainly in deciding and running the process, I'm I'm very involved and. And yes, we have a bit of a, a war chest. We'll definitely have to give some of that back to, to shareholders. I think they deserve it. And we will be looking for opportunities. In terms of this new strategy, it's really a strategy in the one hand, uh, disposing of uh, that short-term insurance yes. asset was part of it. And the other, going back to your core focus as Alexander Forbes, uh, which is in employee benefits, uh, pension funds administration, getting closer to the customer. Uh, how do you see this strategy being different to the few that we've seen in the past? And I think the market has been <laughs> sort of sceptical, said, oh, not another strategy yeah. for AF. Well, what yeah. makes this one different? I must say, I think the market has not received the past strategies very well. And I am trying to still figure out why, because at essence, we're still trying to look after the member and get the member the right financial well-being and security. So in essence, Alexander Forbes always been about that. I think a lot of it's got to do with execution. We must prove that we can actually execute the strategy and actually make a difference in a person's life. Not mm. just say it, but mm. actually make a difference. Mm. So it's in an execution. And the second thing that the market really likes, but not only the market, the staff and the clients, is the focus. So Alexander Forbes has, over the years, tried to be a little bit too much to too many kind of people. If you don't focus, you get some of it wrong, and, and that takes a lot away from what you're trying to do. So we are great at administration, great consulting, graded asset management, and the, every little ounce of my resources, capital, and energy wants to go into that to make that a success. And I think that'll show the execution, but it'll also give the results. It's very much what the president is uh, asking the country to judge him on as well at this time, <laughs> Darby. Execution. We've got a, a cabinet uh, full of ministers who've been tasked with execution. We've recently had Spectrum announced uh, by our digital uh, technologies and communications minister. There are some good signs. There's still a lot of worry in the marketplace, a lot of pessimism out there. I like to say we've almost reached peak pessimism. And when I say that, something else happens. Uh, another thing blows up at ESCOM and a ratings agency goes and downgrades an outlook and it gets worse. Where do you see South Africa in 10 years time? I know it's a long time to gaze into a crystal yeah. ball, but put yourself one year out from the National Development yeah. Plan, 2020 now. Where do you see the country? I'm personally very excited. I think we're going to be in a good space. I think the president is showing the right signs of wanting to do the right thing, looking at policy, and it's about policy and it's about execution. And we must understand that it is it is going to take time. Some of us want the change quicker and we want to see quicker results. The position we are in, I think people are only now starting to understand how deep and how bad it was. So it's going to take time. I see us in a, in a, in a great space. I'm, um, South, uh, our company is a South African company. We are actually rooted into the growth of South Africa because we're looking after employers and employees working in South Africa. It's in our interest as well. Mm. But I, I think the way we're setting up the business, our strategy is aligned to a recovering South Africa and a very exciting South Africa in the future. And businesses' role in that as a CEO, we've had the Public Private Growth Initiative. We see great work being done by Business Leadership South Africa and Busa. Is it enough? Is business doing enough to try and uh, sort of to Mamina? Look, I think the intent is there. I think we must do a lot more. And my personal view is also on top of what 
everything that we must do, it must also be very practical. Mm. The little stuff that we want to do, if, if I can get in my business, get it right to empower and more individuals that are a big portion of society, I think that's part of the upliftment. That's part of the social grant, social, social upliftment, which we all want. And that will lead to growth. So help employers to establish themselves, to have growth, to help employees. I mean, that's part of the growth. So, yes, we must work on a government level. We must work with government and help with policies and help with instituting those things. But we must also do our little bit in our area to get the growth. Mm, and that becomes a virtuous uh, circle. Now, typically, people ask you to share your accomplishments and things that you're most proud of during your career. I would like you to talk about something that perhaps you're not as proud of, an error or a mistake, but something that you've learned from and how you went about resolving that. That is a bit of a curveball, <laughs> but a great question. I think it's it's actually quite a, quite an interesting question and, and, and one that I, in a different form, also ask when I interview very senior people because I think it shows your character and it shows how you think about life. Mine is actually uh, the competitiveness of myself, and I've reflected on it a lot. So if you're a very competitive person, it's great, but what I tell people now as, as part of mentoring is it must not stand in the way of yourself. So if it is all about the new next level, the higher salary, the new position, the status, then you are not giving yourself the opportunity to grow in the area that you are in currently to prove yourself where you are currently. And there was a big part of my career where I was there where I just wanted the next thing. I just wanted the next thing. And I realized soon that if you don't have anything that grounds you that you can actually tick, that you can say, I was successful in this. I took time. I worked, I understand it, and I can tick that box that I'm really making a difference there. Then you can move on to the resting. And I think there's a big part of South Africa that must actually realize that. Davi, it's so true. It's so uh, important to test yourself and develop your talents and uh, ambitions as fully as you can to achieve success. But I think success is also that feeling you get from a, a job well done, as you say. And uh, the key thing is to do the work. Davi de Villiers, CEO of Alexander Forbes, sharing his view from the C-suite brought to you by Eltron Technology Partners in your digital transformation journey. For more information, visit them at eltron.com. Eltron, there when it matters.